If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everybody, to Podcast Unlocked, episode 549. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, and we're back in our rectangles this week <laughs> we had a great time getting together and doing the show irl as uh, as the kids say but uh we're back to our regular routine we will reconvene for special occasions and i look forward to those i'm ryan mccaffrey and i'm joined as always by destin Legary. bam turtle power baby <laughs> and miranda sanchez how are you I have another sneeze. It's just like sitting right here in my nose. And I'm like, you know that it's like almost painful because you know, it's waiting to. Yeah. Wow. wow just... <laughs> okay. I love guys... the Ninja Turtles Miranda. Like okay. it was such a trip watching that intro before the episode started. Okay. If you, if you guys aren't watching, just watch for a few minutes to see <laughs> Destin's pure joy. Just for yeah. a second. Uh, well, I guess we'll start. I was going to start how, oh, we're back to a norm, back to normal. And I guess, well, there you go. We're back to normal after a whirlwind week where we did two unlocks, uh, two Xbox conferences, two live episodes as, uh, as wrap up. But yes, we're back. And, uh, Destin, yeah, I spent my Father's Day weekend or my Father's Day playing, uh, Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge to all the way through with my daughter. She went with Michelangelo. Uh, she doesn't really know the Ninja Turtles. She knows of them, but she doesn't know, like, know them in depth. So I just said, oh, well, here's what each one is. And I'm always a Leonardo guy. Uh, finished it. And yeah, boy, what a spectacular game. And it's on Game Pass, Destin. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I'm really excited to play it. I just was able to watch the intro right before this episode, and it has me pumped. The second this episode ends, I'm going to play a little bit. Sorry, uh, IGN senior people, but I'm playing a video game for a little while. Uh, really excited about this one. Uh, I have been waiting to play it. Uh, you know, just real life stuff happens sometimes, but uh, really, really stoked about Ninja Turtles. It's on Game Pass, so if you're a Game Pass yeah. subscriber, just give it a play because that's all i did i just downloaded it was one gigabyte i downloaded it and it's just like in seconds it's here we go i mean it's only a few hours long like two 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 hours maybe three three at the absolute most there's some good replayability mixed in like when you finish story mode casey jones unlocks 
So then we'd started going back through to get some of the collectibles. There's some of those to find. But yeah, boy, what a treat Shredder's That's- Revenge was. I- I played Turtles in Time in my Super Nintendo like when I was in college thousands of times. I would do like I think it was a 99 life cheat code and I would play through that game and I love the Ninja Turtle games. So, yeah, especially these. I yeah, have, and we need Oh, go ahead, Miranda, please. I was going to say the only memories I have of Ninja Turtles is of my friend's little brother and he had like little uh, Ninja Turtles action figures and he liked one of the movies that's all I know about them, really, and that they love pizza. I, I know the basics, but um, I will say, if you need help finding anything, <laughs> you have a great guy. That's all. <laughs> and there are some good collectibles. There's, yes. uh, there's. You definitely might want to check out that IGN guide for uh, to help you track all those down. All right, uh, let's. Uh, before we get into there's, there's a few news items this week, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's, it's still pretty quiet. It's the calm after the storm that happens like every single year, whether there's an E3 or not. After the the summer event, whatever form that takes, and this year we had the Keeley play days, and then we had the Xbox showcase. Things are a little quiet now. We'll talk about a couple things later, but uh, I want to start by just coming back to both Xbox showcases, the primary one and the extended showcase, and just kind of giving our final thoughts because as I told you at the top, and hopefully you all saw, we were live after each of them. Uh, the the uh, necessities of live programming were such that we had a pretty strict time uh, oh, frame that yeah. we had to stick to. So we didn't quite get to talk about everything we wanted to talk about. Now we can. So I want to get everybody's final thoughts now that the dust has settled on both of these showcases. Miranda, I'll start with you. Yeah. So I think uh, overall they did a great job of sort of setting the ground right with having that, hey, this showcase only covers 12 months. That is it. That's all we're going to give you. And I honestly appreciated that we at least know what they have for the the near horizon. But then even further than that, we already know what they've announced. We know things that are coming up like Year 6, State of Decay 3, Fable, Avowed, all those others. And we don't necessarily need updates on those unless there's something substantial. And them not saying anything says to me that, these aren't ready to show yet, and we want to hold off on, you know, making promises of things. Obviously, uh, we've talked quite a lot about how volatile the release schedule is, just given how many, uh, I guess, planning constraints there are in the world these days. And there's a lot of factors to consider. Uh, and I think that may make a lot of studios hesitant to want to, like, lock in any dates. Obviously, we've seen places that had dates very locked in, nailed in. Uh, deals made. We saw it with Halo Infinite where that got super delayed and we had the, like, what was it? The Monster Energy drinks that came out ahead of the release. (laughs) Yeah, in fall 2020. Yeah, so like a lot of things like that that just have happened over and over and I can see why after those big lessons it's like, hey, let's just play safe let's focus on what we know for sure we can deliver so i think there's a lot of strength in that even though i i think a lot of folks myself included were a little bummed we didn't get to see certain games i was just like please give me some more gears but them saying them not showing any gears was like all right well obviously if it's not the next 12 months which i didn't think it was going to be um maybe when we actually get to see it it will be basically ready to go hopefully we'll see fingers crossed uh but that was all good. Of course, I like to see a lot of Redfall and Starfield, and I think the deep dives they chose were really smart. Um, of course, there's that usual law we always see of, uh, you know, maybe like Elder Scrolls Online, which is not really big for me, but that's something that people care about, and like it deserves to be at the show. And even though it may not be something for me, there's plenty there that I think that was for me. So 
overall, I really enjoyed uh, the big showcase that we all got to watch. And I think we'll have a few other cherry picked details that we didn't get to discuss late later. Yeah. Cause I don't want to do everything right now. Cause I know we have to, I have to pass the baton. Yeah, but- no worries. Yeah. There's plenty more, including we'll, we'll hold off. We'll do our sort of picks of the showcase at the end of the segment too. But first, yes, Destin, your sort of overall final thoughts here on uh, these two showcases that we got to see. You know, I could come on, I could be an Xbox hype man and just be like, oh, there was nothing wrong with these shows. I adored them. But honestly, I think this was one of the weaker Xbox shows that they've done in a long time from my perspective. Um, they had good reveals there. I think the Starfield reveal was important, but that's now mired in, you know, No Man's Sky comparisons and frame rate analysis. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Redfall, I think, did okay but I don't think it it popped off like they had hoped. And largely, I think the conference was too long. There was a big focus on like As Dusk Falls during the conference and a lot of these smaller games that look interesting but could have been part of a sizzle. I think the time could have been shortened and a lot of those games could have been focused on at ID at Xbox. And for me, it just felt like the showcase was too long. It, It felt too long. I found myself tuning out during some of the presentations like, Slime Rancher 2, I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a cute game. But, like, is somebody who's hyped about Slime Rancher 2 watching this conference right now, or are they going to watch the trailer in VOD for me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was excited well, that's about good. it. I mean, that's, that's good. Like, that's good. I think that was one of the strengths, mm-hmm. right? Like, they had a lot of variety in the games they showed. And mm-hmm. just because it's not for you doesn't mean someone else out there is just like, yeah, it's coming on Xbox. <laughs> that's, like, fantastic to see. And I think that's important that they serve that up as well. True. Well, hey, Destin, I, let, me, let me ask you this. Like, so... Xbox's their showcase has been 90 minutes for pretty much as far back as I can remember. Do mm-hmm. you feel like they just didn't fill that time well enough this year? Do you feel like 90 minutes period is too long for these things and that maybe, you know, they should break it out into like a separate smaller, you know, ID at Xbox and, you know, Slime Rancher and As Dusk Falls and do the the smaller things as their own kind of yeah. Indie focus? Like, how, how, how would you... what? Give me some constructive uh, criticism on top of what you're talking about. For this one, I probably would have went an hour. I would have put Slime Rancher in the ID at Xbox showcase where my expectations are set. And the big reason that this whole conference shot itself in the foot is because right at the top, they said, we're going to be focusing on the next year of releases. That's the first time they said that. If they had just said that ahead of the conference... Like all these ideas about seeing Avowed and seeing Obsidian's future project and Fable. and this other stuff would have been abated, but instead they set them they set the expectations up here and then right at the top they they just brought them down to okay it's the next twelve months right so for me I would have reduced the time of the conference I would have made it shorter I would have focused on interesting new reveals like High on Life I think that's the first time that we saw that game Correct. that was interesting I like the Forza Horizon Five. DLC. I'm looking at the release calendar here. Um, and honestly, like looking at this release calendar, I think like really, if they had just set up that this is the next 12 months, I would have gone in with a different expectation for the showcase. And I think that's why a lot of people are feeling sort of like, oh, after watching it, you know, and I don't mean to uh, disparage any of the the games that aren't for me, Miranda. I think you're absolutely correct in saying that, like, they need to give those games their their spotlight. I just think Slime Rancher 2 potentially would have done better during an ID at Xbox showcase where it can have its own segment where you can, like, really dive in deep on the game. And for, for this one, a lot of those a lot of those games that we saw, I just don't feel like like Overwatch 2. 
it had a pretty long segment too, and that's a triple A. Right. I think one of the concerns I have with pulling out ID at Xbox and its own thing is that it feels a little ignored, right? I think there are places where they want to make sure... Okay, so let me restart this. With E3, or not E3 as we're calling it, E3, not E3, (laughs) you want to make sure that you're giving the spotlight to the wide array of games that they have and not necessarily just AAA. And I think it, of course, helps fill out the gaps when they don't have a ton of AAA things coming out or like the big partner products coming out in this year. However, these games are still important and I think it it, it matters to have some time with them. Yeah, could it have been shorter? Yeah, maybe, but I don't think they necessarily need to be ignored or shoved into their own space. And I do have some commentary on ID at Xbox stuff. That was part of the extended showcase that you can get into in a little bit. Um, but I think having maybe an ID at Xbox block makes more sense. Similar to how they have yes. sort of like that middle block of just, okay, here's some very hyper-focused maybe more niche games that come out and then we bookend it with these like big hype announcements or showcase of games and gameplay and dev chats and all that good stuff like that that makes sense to me so like you still want to pay attention in the middle but like maybe not everything here is going to be set for you so for instance like naraka blade point actually got a lot of time that's what i would have cut down a fair bit because that game's been out for i think over a year now or about to be a year, and that's been on PC for a long time. So that one was actually announced for console at PlayStation first, so it was weird to me that they got so much time on the stage, again, for a game that's been out, so it's not exactly an unknown quantity. So there are things like that where it's like, oh, maybe we we trim it down, but maybe there are some agreements on the backside that said, hey, we got we to gotta make sure they have this much time if they want to talk about these things. And I'm all for dev chats, but... I think that middle block, we just have to go in with the understanding of, oh, well, it's going to be a lot of very specialized interest games, potentially. And maybe you'll find something new that you like there. So it's not necessarily worth just zoning out completely. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, I feel like they just focus too long on some of the titles. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve sure. attention or time, but exactly what you said, a game time. that's out... A game that's out and playable right now got a got a significant chunk of time. Overwatch 2, which we've heard a ton about, got a significant chunk of time. And I, I feel like this conference could have been quite easily uh, reduced down to closer to an hour at least. You know? Yeah, I, and, I don't disagree And then it would have been snappier. The games would have, would have got more of a tease with extended looks, you know, on the side. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I don't, oh. I don't mean to disparage any of the games. I would never <laughs> say that. So I hope that's not the... Uh, what I'm implying. Right. I I agree too, that a lot of this could have gotten a little bit of trimming as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump in kind of to to bridge the gap between, I think what both of you are saying, because my point that I was going to chime in with here was that I think the extended showcase was completely unnecessary. uh, And I'll elaborate on that, but um, I do think the showcase was good. It's, I, I see where you're, where you're both coming from. It's like, if you're Microsoft, your big thing is Game Pass, right? That's mm-hmm. what you are, that's sort of the, at this point, really the primary motivating factor for people to join your ecosystem is you have Game Pass, which is just this incredible variety of games. So you wanna show that off in your conference, but at the same point, you have to know your audience in these conferences, which Destin, I think is what you were getting at a little bit. And it is the blockbuster stuff. People want to be wowed by the big reveals and they're going to zone out when Slime Rancher, I'm, poor Slime Rancher is just getting 
getting very picked <laughs> on uh, so here. Cute. Slime Rancher is hugely popular, actually. <laughs> so I know, I, don't mean I know. But, but again, Rancher. it's like it's yeah. knowing your audience for yeah. these E3 showcases. And so I almost wonder, you know, on the on the back of what I'm going to talk about here now with finding the, the extended showcase unnecessary, maybe the extended showcase should have been the 30 minutes of the smaller scale stuff that that you're that you both are sort of citing here as part of the that was in the 90 minute primary showcase that was maybe too long. Like maybe there could have been that could have been split into a 60 minute primary showcase more loaded with the the big world premieres and the big, uh, you know, tentpole first party games. And then a second, you know, 30 minute shorter follow up extended showcase that has some of the smaller stuff, the Naraka blade points, the slime ranchers, that kind of thing. Tighter. I will also, yeah, I will, I will challenge that a little bit too, because yes, know the audience. I think it's more about knowing expectations and breaking those. Microsoft has done a really good job of making it clear that they want the Xbox ecosystem to be something that's inviting for all sorts of people with all sorts of interests. And if you just stick with the AAA shooter gamer bro box that I think that used to have, like that, that was kind of a 360 identity. And I think it... Yeah, that's turned fair. a lot of people off of it. Like I know when I was growing up, I always saw Xbox as like the mature system for boys. But I was like, I like shooters, so I'm gonna be here anyway. But then like Nintendo is the family friendly and PlayStation was the cool RPGs. And it felt easier to get in a PlayStation. It felt super simple to get a Nintendo, but Xbox felt like there was always a barrier. And by having these sorts of games and having all these different people on stage, and I think all the work that they've done generally across the board just makes it a lot more inviting for all sorts of um, players and experiences as well. So I think it is still, though I think we all sort of agree, they could have had certain things trimmed, but I think having these at the showcase is still important for you know what they do for the ecosystem and inviting different people to be at these events too. I don't disagree with that at all. And and by the way, Destin, I do agree with you that uh, they they definitely would have benefited uh, themselves and the audience by communicating ahead of time that the, that the showcase was oh, going to yeah. focus on the next yeah, 12 months. For I mean, sure. that, that was definitely I'm sure they already have that as a as a, a note in their postmortem of like, yep, we could have just put this out there. It could have been a tweet ahead of time, which would have then been picked up as news stories by all by sites like IGN and the message would have been communicated ahead of time. And then that would have better, you know, cause, cause I think people uh, did feel disappointment by not seeing avowed by not seeing fable by not seeing state of decay three and some of these other games uh, that are, that have been announced that we are hoping to see more of. And uh, you know, Miranda, you're of course, of course you're correct that if they're not ready to be shown yet, that's one thing we can't just will them into being <laughs> appearing at the showcase, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, they definitely could have set that expectation better ahead of time. So, so like one segment I can actually pick on is the, as does, as does fall segment. I don't yeah. think that did a good job of explaining what that game is. It felt like yeah. they justified the art style for the duration of the four or five minutes that that was on the screen. And just generally as does falls doesn't have a ton of interest. So give it its time, but I, I don't feel like the segment itself was, very good at what it was trying to accomplish, which was get people hyped about As Dust Falls. And it just felt like it was trying to justify its own existence for so long. And and to me, I'm just like, that that was like four or five minutes of the show. Yeah, I, I just they, don't don't feel it was necessary and I don't feel like it accomplished what it was trying to do. I agree. They kept just talking about how it's like written like a TV show, which is like, okay, that's cool, but this is a video game. So what are you yeah. <laughs> Why do I what care about doing? the character? 
why do we care? Yeah, why do we care about these people? Because I don't really care about them right now. Mm-hmm. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events. TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's in these yeah. that section of it is you you kind of inevitably inevitably start to your mind starts to wander a little bit. Whereas and I think that happens with that's that's my one constructive criticism. For Jeff Keeley's shows too, is I think they're all too long. Oh uh, yeah. That and and I think you could you could make that argument against Microsoft as well. Whereas the I think the reason that the Nintendo Direct format has worked for Nintendo and has worked so well for Nintendo that Sony has literally copied it with state of state of play is because that shorter, very tightly focused, compact format works because you can just hit game 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 and then you're done and you've held your audience's interest for the 20 minutes for the 30 minutes and uh when you have a 90 minute or two hour thing it's you're you just can't hold people that long like it's there is inevitably going to be some downtime in there the May State of Play was 28 minutes long, and I thought yeah. it did a better job of showcasing the games that were in there, including smaller games like Stray, than the Xbox Showcase did, which clocked in at an hour and 35 minutes. 
right? So there is something to say about format. I, f- I feel like it just, it needed to be tighter. So like if I had one piece of feedback, I'd be like, tighten it up, guys. <laughs> guys, and, and, guys. And let me, I'll segue that into the point I was starting to get into a minute ago about the extended showcase. So, you know, I think we're all in agreement that this was probably a little too long for the content that they were showing off. And yet they did a second extended showcase yeah. that was itself, what, another hour and a half or hour and 15, hour and 20, I think was what the final yeah. runtime was. Yeah. And and that so, Miranda, you you know, you and I uh, and Stella, who is virtually is sick today, that's why she couldn't be here. Uh, we were all watching together because we were in the IGN San Francisco studio doing our, our live post show. And we looked the viewership. Uh, on IGN's channel, and I believe on the official Xbox channel, was basically, it was 10% of, as far as the live audience, watching it live, 10% of what the main showcase was. And for all of the production and time and effort that Microsoft put into that extended showcase, is having a, is losing 90% of your audience and only talking to 10%, is that, like, is that a good ROI? If you're Microsoft and if you're the audience, what did we really get out of that? Because I would argue, and I'm, this is gonna, this may come off a little egotistical, and I don't mean this as a slant against Microsoft. I'm, but I'm, I am gonna say I'm very proud of us. I thought our our post show to the extended showcase was better than the extended showcase, and the reason I say that is because yes, we had some good discussion about all right, what does 2023 look like? We had a couple of good segments there, but we also had developer interviews cut into our live post show, just like Microsoft had those developer sit downs in their extended showcase. And I say very confidently that we got more interesting information out of those developers than the host did on the extended showcase. And that is not, this is not a dig at those hosts. Uh, it It is a criticism of Microsoft because I guarantee you they are vetting and approving every single one of those questions before that developer ever sits down, which mm-hmm. they don't do for us. And so, you know, we're Miranda's had a great conversation with Harvey Smith that was so good. We had to cut it down. How long was it, Miranda? How long was the, the raw cut? It's 53 minutes. The rest 53 of the interview, minutes. I got to, I have, I'm like holding so much Redfall information. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just holding on to this and I will be releasing the rest in like text probably yeah. sometime this week. It's just a lot to sort through and edit and put together. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah. And we had, right. hang on, Destin, let me, just, oh, let me just finish on this real quick. We had uh, Rod Ferguson and uh, their lead designer, Jay, interviewed by Mitchell, got some interesting Diablo information. Uh, I had a phone call. It was sort of an awkward tech setup, but we made it work because uh, Todd wasn't on video. But uh, I talked to Todd Howard and that oh, interview Ryan. went everywhere wow. awesome. because... Yeah. It, it was just all I did was I wrote down a bunch of follow up questions after watching the gameplay reveal at the showcase and Todd answered them all. And and that's, you know, like, again, I don't mean to disrespect Pete Hines, who was sitting down kind of talking through all the Bethesda stuff on that extended showcase. But it's I would just come back to where where was like who really got a, a lot of value out of that extended showcase? I mean, the best thing to come out of that by far, it was not even close, was the absolutely moving piece that they did at the end on yep. uh, the Stalker 2 developers. Mm-hmm. That was an incredible uh, segment that that w- we were all 
I mean, none of us, Miranda, you, 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 Stella, and myself, we were just not expecting that. No. And, and it, it completely threw us off, but in, in the most in a humane and wonderful of yeah. ways. Yeah. It was, right. it was just such a, a, a touching and moving uh, look at, you know, the realities of life uh, sort of as, as they are affecting the people making the games that you're looking forward to. And so that was great, but just the rest of it, like, again, I thought we did a better job than Microsoft did. And so what my constructive criticism, what I would do is if you're going to do the extended showcase, A, cut it down and B, just do it as an after show of, of put it, air it right after the main showcase. Be like, we're done. Phil Sensor says goodbye, but stay tuned for the, we're going to have some deep dives and some sit downs with some of these developers. I mean, they also need to be more comfortable with just sharing real information. Because they're just... Go ahead, Miranda, please. Oh, sorry. That's what Nintendo does with the Treehouse Live. Yes, like they did that you. exactly after deep diving into the biggest games, additional gameplay and other things. But to your point, the problem is every a lot of the information they shared just felt like a rehash or a way to rephrase what they had already said in the main showcase. I think the only piece of news that I remember from that um, that was like really big new thing was just that Valheim's coming to Xbox. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all. Yeah, you're <laughs> totally right. And so, so yeah, I would either get rid of the extended showcase entirely, or pare it down with some, uh, you know, have more have more faith in your developers and your hosts to have a good conversation with some real follow up details on these games, and uh, and and have it be a, a post show immediately after your main showcase. Because I yeah. yeah, it's just like come to IGN later. Yeah, do it ahead. with us. Come <laughs> we'll to IGN. Do it, we'll do it, do it we'll with do it. us. So Let it's us real. People. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we did. We we made yeah. our own post show and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to so. say, let me do more interviews though. I love doing interviews <laughs> and it was such a joy to talk to Harvey. So like, please let me do more. Uh, going more to the positive side of things, Ryan, I think yeah. for me personally, I think the Redfall reveal did a lot to get me excited about that game, give me a better idea of what gameplay is actually going to look like. I'm really excited to hear more about what Miranda's discovered in her interviews. But uh, yeah, so like there was actually a lot of good to focus on from the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think the main showcase was good. I mean, I I went on Next Gen Console Watch, our our weekly still live show where we we recap everything that's going on in in the next gen space uh, from sort of a higher level. and, And I gave it a B. Uh, not a you know not a B minus not a B plus on, on the sort of U S report card scale. <laughs> I went with a B, and I I still feel good about that. Like I whereas I I thought I wrote an op ed for IGN last year. I thought last year was possibly their best ever. Like that was an A showcase to me. They just yeah. hit hard with a ton of reveals, and it was ninety minutes, Destin. But they they really packed it uh, very well. And and yeah, this year you know just not quite as strong, but still good. It was still good. Uh, and I think that that kind of I'll, I'll segue that into um, to stay positive. I had three games. I really couldn't narrow down one. I, I want to cite three games as my top picks of the showcase. Uh, and I'll start not with the obvious one because I'll, I'll we'll get to that. But I want to start with High on Life. Uh, which oh, now I'm sorry, making our producer Kate scramble for the <laughs> High on Life footage. This is we're still watching a little Redfall, but. Um, High on Life to me was just the most, well, it was none of it. Nobody had seen it. It was a new reveal. It's from Justin Roiland and Squanch Games, Justin Roiland being the uh, co-creator of Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites. 
And here's this, uh, you know, a, a comparison I saw thrown around a lot on Twitter, which I think was pretty fair, was was uh, was Oddworld. It was very had kind of an Oddworld vibe to it. You know, it's very colorful with the talking guns, really beautiful art style, Unreal Engine, and it's a legit first-person shooter. It's going to be just fused all throughout with Justin Roiland's comedy, which I I think I love all his stuff. I think his 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 uh, sense of humor is just uh, hilarious. And uh, and High on Life was was just one of that that really jumped out at me out of everything. Again, it's not just I'm not saying Redfall didn't, Starfield didn't, but as far as New things we'd never seen before. I was uh, just way into that game, and I can't wait to see more of it. So, uh, Destin, let me go your way here for a, a pick of the show. Uh, can I do more than one? Or are we yeah, doing I'm going like to do three. One? So, okay, so feel well, free. I want to start with one that I don't think people are talking enough about, and that's Wo Long. So, yeah. Wo Long was this game that's being produced, by the way, by a former Bloodborne producer and somebody that worked on Neo. So. I'm very, very excited to learn more about Wolong, uh, read more about that, and uh, just nobody's really been discussing it. So I think it's sort of this like gem hidden within the the whole presentation. It is, according to the, the chart that they released, coming to Xbox Game Pass, and I'm really, really excited to learn more about this game because uh, a Bloodborne-like game coming to Xbox Game Pass or Neo-like game, that's that seems like a big deal, and... Uh, I don't know why nobody cared. Well, and <laughs> Destin, it feels like nobody cared except me. You you're know? you're not alone. I mean, this is so you you remember Destin on the pre-show. I was I was trying to will a new Ninja Gaiden game from yeah. Team Ninja into existence. I got halfway there because we did get a Team Ninja reveal. It wasn't Ninja Gaiden, <laughs> but this Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, uh, it is Team Ninja. This is their new yeah. game, and so you can see some Ninja Gaiden in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it it is definitely more of a uh, leans more towards the Soulsborne side. Our IGN Japan team actually went and and uh, visited with the with Team Ninja at their studio, and there's a video interview on IGN now that's of course subtitled in English. So if you do want to learn a little bit more about it, uh, we do have that for you. Yeah. Uh- I'm excited about that one. I want to dive in and figure out more about that game. And I think I think that's going to be a bigger deal once it gets closer to launch next year. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Miranda, give me one of your highlights for your top picks of the showcase. I'm going to start with a with this is like a double pick in one. I'm sorry, but Please. mostly because I think it makes sense to talk together. Uh, we did not talk about these I, I think almost at all in our showcases because we just ran out of time. But the right deal is huge oh yeah you get all the champions in league excuse me so that's one of the things that really turned me off of playing league i'm a dota player you know i moved on i started with league of legends though but you you don't just get all the characters like you have to buy them and then if you don't have them you have to wait for them on a weekly rotation so you have to be pretty committed to like buy something whereas with dota you get them all for free but anyway <laughs> but with game pass and when this comes out i think it's in winter they said um you'll get all the league champions you'll get all of the valor valorant heroes i think they're called heroes i don't remember anymore but um all the characters basically and a lot of other things are getting unpacked and available for free on pc with Riot and Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass Ultimate or the Game Pass for PC, you can just get access to all of these things. And that's 
a lot of money. So I thought that was a pretty big thing that they scooped up and actually made me a lot more excited to maybe potentially just get back into ARAM and League of Legends and go goof around with some new new champions that I didn't get to try out. Uh, the and, other half, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, what a smart move, yeah. I think, both on, on Riot's part and Microsoft's part, right? Microsoft wins because they get these games and this content and they get, you know, they keep their Game Pass players happy and engaged. And Riot, it doesn't really cost them anything because, you know, they've got however many millions of players that have already bought all that stuff that are regularly playing the game. But if they happen to win back people like yourself and or new players who start from there, well, they might get way into the game and then they're going to start spending money on future content. So I just thought that was a really smart play by by both parties there. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of other stuff to buy in League of Legends and other things that aren't just the champions or characters that you can get across these games. So it just makes a lot of sense and does add a lot more value to Game Pass. Like that's just, of course, Microsoft's big thing is continued out that, excuse me, continued added value to Game Pass. And we keep seeing that. And I'm glad that we see them also paying attention to the PC crowd too. Um, the other one that I just got to give a little shout out to is Persona 3, 4, and 5 on Xbox. I was like, yeah, I love Persona 4 Golden so much, so, so much. And I keep, I bought Persona 5 in like two languages, three different times. And I'm like, well, what's a, what's a fourth one, you know? <laughs> so um, it's just the rare quadruple dip coming yeah. up for Miranda Sanchez on I Persona 5. The only other game that hasn't purchased that many times is Undertale, and I have it on every system I possibly can. So, you know. Yeah, that's my my uh, two-for-one favorite announcement uh, of the show. Good picks. Destin? Uh, well, on that note, Miranda, the the reveal about Riot, like, that's, like, mm-hmm. a $600 value for League. That's $200 for Valorant. Like, I, I think we're going to see a lot of Game Pass subscribers sign up to get that value. And I know, I know it's PC only, but I mean, obviously, PC is a massive audience, right? And uh, I, I would not be surprised if you see more people playing those games in the near future, newcomers, and you see more people using the new agents, using the League of Legends characters, like, like that's cool. Even somebody like me, and now that I know that I can have access to all of the characters in these games, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go check them out, you know? So... Yeah, because you won't feel left behind, right? You can exactly. just sort of jump in and be be all caught up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destin, you got another? any other picks, top picks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got picks, Ryan. I got picks <laughs> for days. Okay, I got three picks. Uh, Forza. Forza Motorsport was an absolutely gorgeous showcase. They clarified that this footage was on, on PC. And uh, I am very, very impressed with what they were able to accomplish. Opening up with that shot of the uh, the water running. That was a really, really cool way to intro the segment because it's the same thing they did for Forza Horizon 5. Now, there's a little bit of controversy around the ray tracing aspect of the game because you can't say ray tracing without a controversy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, regardless, they're doing a lot with this game that I'm really excited about. We're seeing the damage right here. Yeah. Uh, that is really cool that the cars can actually be damaged. Uh, they're doing. They're finally figuring out tire tread. I think they said there's like 16 points of contact with the tire. So they're doing a lot with the simulation aspect of Forza Motorsport. And I keep calling it eight, but I think they're just calling it Forza Motorsport. Yeah, there is, it is a reboot. It is a, a do over yeah. here, next gen only, no Xbox mm-hmm. One. Yeah, the time of day is actually going to affect how your car controls. That's uh, really cool. Yeah, so like you got to 
plan accordingly for each one of your races. And I am tremendously excited to see what that means for the Forza genre. And, you know, I, I really got into sim racing with GT7. Well, I mean, more than I ever have before because I actually yeah. bought the steering wheel and pedals. Nice. And I really had a good time with it. Uh, the time the time that I did play GT7 and I am just really excited to get more action when it comes to uh, sim racing with Forza Motorsport. Yeah, this is this is a game. It looks uh, great. It looks it so just good. yeah. I, the the thing that jumped out at me right away is this. You know, if you're watching us on video, we're looking at the time of day shift here. The water and the trees is is like just a friendly reminder that. This is a sneak preview of what to expect visually from Fable because it's using this engine. Obviously, mm -hmm. it will be they will be modifying that engine yes. so because you are not a car, you are going to be a person. Different who art does, style too, probably yeah. as well. And yeah, right. Just, the, of course, the know. art style will will be appropriately <laughs> fable-y, but as far yeah. as you know, what you can expect from the scale and the the sort of you know the just the, the lushness of nature and the the sort of the the visual richness of the world, like. This is a little a little sneak peek at what Fable's going to look like, but and, yeah, I and, mean, this is a uh, sim racing returns. I mean, motorsport to me, motorsport past Gran Turismo again. I'm not saying not putting down GT. It's been a great franchise for a long time, but motorsport, as far as I'm concerned, has been the king for a while. And this uh, this looks like it is it is going to be worth the long wait because this has mm -hmm. been a long wait compared to you know we were so used to every other year getting a new motorsport. And then uh, in the other every other years, we'd get Horizon and that schedule has been interrupted as uh, as both games you know, retool for next gen. They, but boy, this is going to be good. They really focused in on the fact that ray tracing will be there as you race. And just a real quick aside for me about ray tracing. I think that technology is cool, but it bloats the system and often you have to make other sacrifices like running at 30 fps versus 60 and like in gran turismo 7 they have a ray tracing mode that uh you can turn on if you want it doesn't it's not during races but i turn that off i play with the higher frame rate for a racing because i want to have that responsiveness i did the same yeah. thing with forza horizon forza horizon doesn't have any of that except for Invista mode, and it's right. stunning. It's just a buzzword that I feel like people really latch onto, and it's it's not needed to make a great game. Is is my point at the end of the day? No, but it it maybe Forza Forza Motorsport will be the first uh, X re, like real top shelf Xbox game to implement it in real time during gameplay in a, in a meaningful It's exciting way. for sure. Yeah. It's exciting for sure. I would love to see it, but on Real Engine is doing uh, similar tech with a lower resource cost. So right. uh, I am curious to see what they're able to do here because they're promising native 4K60 with ray tracing on. Now, with comparable graphics on Xbox Series X, I really want to see that. I think what they need to do for one of their next Forza streams or whatever, they need to show it running on Series X so that the consumer can make that determination, right? Because we've seen the high end of high end. Let's see what it looks like running on that console. Yeah, well said. Uh, Miranda, any other topics to showcase for you? Did we get to all yours? You know, I had to say Redfall, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's, of course, another big one for me. I'm already happily scheming with friends and family about who's going to be in my party to play co-op. Uh, I, I love arcane games, guys. Like, I'm just going to be straight with you. I love them. I think they're fantastically written. The mechanics are really interesting. I do actually like stealth a lot. I think what I'm most curious about is how much my strategy is going to change when having other people with me. 
Uh, I already know I want to play whatever character is going to be the most aggressive, most forward, because just knowing the people that I'm playing with, like I'm probably the most experienced first person shooter person there. And I was like, okay, well, how do we mix different characters? Like they already confirmed that you can all play the same character if you want. You can have four Roses or, or anybody. Like you can have four of the same uh, Remy's or whoever you need. Um, and I think that's really nice that they're trying to let you have that flexibility of doing what you want with your friends rather than like, no, 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 no. You all have to pay one of each. Like there can yeah. only be one Layla. It's like, no, everyone can be Layla. Um, but I loved the showcase of how creepy it is. I love creepy vampires as much as I love the hot vampires. We've had a lot of very handsome, gothic uh, bloodsuckers lately, and now we're just getting the very monstrous ones. So I think, if anything, I'm very curious to see how much of this world is explorable and how much in-depth we can go into finding cool collectibles and other things to tell us more of the stories about these characters. So, uh, yeah, overall, just really like what I see, and I'm excited to play. You know, speaking of Arcane, uh, one of the things we did not hear anything about uh, mm -hmm. at all is Deathloop. And That's true. The, which, you know, I think, I don't remember if we ended up talking about this on the air or not, but just real quick, I, I would venture a guess that, uh, assuming it is a one-year exclusivity window on PlayStation, this game should be coming to Xbox in September, because that's when 12 months ends. And I just wonder if... Microsoft either just didn't want to advertise a game that is currently only available on a competitor's platform, or if there's language in that contract that says you can only start to promote it for your platform on X date, and maybe we haven't re reached that date yet. But that is another one uh, that we should hopefully be able to look forward to on Xbox and on Game Pass this fall. So that's... Uh, Speaking of, you know, really well-liked and highly critically acclaimed uh, uh, Arcane Games, Miranda, that's another one that maybe you uh, you might want to take another run through this fall on Xbox to warm up for, for Redfall early next year. Just one I more do loop. have... Yeah, right, just one more <laughs> loop. I have a plan to replay through Dishonored again because I just, I miss that game. It's one of my favorites, so... Yeah. Uh, and I'll just give you my last couple real quick. I had picked three, so I said high on life and then... Uh, two, two of the other more obvious ones, I already talked uh, on the live post show about Starfield. I, you know, I think any frame rate concerns are overblown at this point because we're still so far out. Like if this game were shipping in two months, then yes. Okay. It'd be like, let's, let's talk about the frame rate, but there's a reason they delayed this video game. I'm not going to sweat that. I'm not saying it won't be a problem. Maybe it is going to be, but it's not something that I'm concerned about at all right now. Uh, but this is a game that just looked... <laughs> it's its a new Todd Howard Bethesda Game Studios game. We haven't had one of those in seven years. Uh, it'll be more than seven years by the time it comes out. Fallout 4 was the last one. Uh, the, uh, these don't come around very often. I love the sense of... If nothing else, that 15-minute gameplay demo that we got in the showcase did convey to me a... a very intense sense of wonder like there is there is just a lot here um you know even if you just stick to the the hand uh hand populated planets and don't even worry about the procedurally generated 900 planets it's there's still gonna be so much to do in this game uh i i i can't wait i'm gonna I'm lose i lose myself in every todd howard game um and i'm 
I, I've traditionally been more of an Elder Scrolls fan than than Fallout. Like I still play and love Fallout, but I really love Elder Scrolls. So uh, I'm I'm really enthusiastic for Starfield. I don't know where on that scale it's going to fall. I have a feeling it's going to tip more towards the Elder Scrolls side. But yeah, that this definitely a, a pick of the showcase for me. And then Diablo Four. I mean, it's that uh, Destin that was shown all on Series X. That was yeah. all Xbox Series X gameplay. It looked great. It looks like it's already running perfectly smooth. Um, it looked like that game looked done from the demo they showed, uh, and they just showed, you know, they showed end game stuff. They showed multiplayer stuff. They showed. Just a lot of different, like, that was a great demo. You talk about some demos that were great or not great. I thought Diablo 4, that presentation in the showcase, did a fantastic job of giving you a a nice slice of what the Diablo 4 experience is going to be like. And Diablo, I mean, Diablo 2 is probably on my top five all-time. Like, it's it's that high on the list for me as far as all-time games that I love. So, uh, and 3, I had a blast with 4 is four looks like it might be much better than even three was. And I, I did love three, particularly after the Reaper of souls expansion. So it's uh that's, I don't know when in the first half of 2023 that's coming. I just hope it's nowhere near Starfield because if those two come out <laughs> right alongside each other, I'm going to have to like quit IGN and just play those two games <laughs> instead. So um, those are my top picks and, I think do we do we hit everybody's? I think we got everybody's. I could talk about Starfield a little bit. We could well, always talk know, about Starfield. It's already we're actually we are starting <laughs> to run low time. on time, so uh, I'm going to move on. We're just I just want to hit one news item and then run through the Game Pass list real quick. So Destin, I think you had teased this at the very top of the show. Uh, Capcom has finally announced the thing that people have been wanting them to announce for a yeah. long time, and that's Dragon's Dogma Two. Destin, sweet. Nice logo. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see more Come on. Capcom. Come on. They, Capcom confirmed this by confirming that they're gonna they're gonna have an announcement of an announcement <laughs> in their next stream. And then it was a logo. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, Dragon's Dogma 2. Like, great. Uh exciting stuff. Uh, Dragon's Dogma still has people playing it today, ten ten years later. So it's it's exciting that a sequel's coming out. I would like to know more about what that sequel has in store for us. Well, no, you're right, though. Like, it's it's nice that it's official, but given that all we have is a logo, it's going to be probably at least three years. We know it's on the Resident Evil engine, which is their next-gen tech at Capcom that looks great. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're probably looking at 20... It's crazy to think, if I say 2025, that sounds like it should be 10 years away, doesn't it? Twenty Like, 2025, we're never yeah. making it there. Like, no, it's three years away, but... That's that's probably uh, the minimum amount of time we'll have to wait for Dragon's Dogma 2. But but yeah, I mean, it was a, a real-time combat RPG in this dark medieval fantasy setting, and that's just that combination from a from a renowned Japanese studio just met made for a, a really unique experience. So here's to Dragon's Dogma 2 in 2025. Exciting. Uh, real quick, Game Pass. Uh, we have really one notable new Game Pass announcement, but I just want to run back through. 
So the, the new announcement is on July 1st, which will be here before we know it. I mean, it's June 21st as we record this. So, ten, you know, what, 10 days away. Far Cry 5 for cloud console and PC. So however you want to play, Far Cry 5 is going to be on there. That's pretty cool. And then in the month of June, like we got a lot of stuff. We got uh, For Honor Marching Fire Edition. We got Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, which I've already said my piece on. Assassin's Creed Origins at 60 frames a second, no less. Chorus, an ID at Xbox game, alongside uh, fellow ID at Xbox games, Disc Room and Space Lines from the Far Out. Uh, we got the aforementioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which is, you should just download that immediately. Uh, why are you still not doing that? Do it right now. Shadowrun Trilogy for console, which was a you know, back-to-the-roots RPG uh Re, not re-release, but a, you know, new games from uh, Mitch Gittleman and the and the team uh, there. If you ever, if you had an affinity at all for the old 360 shooter, well, this the the Shadowrun trilogy that's now on Game Pass gets kind of back to the more RPGE roots of Shadowrun. Plus, FIFA 22 hit on uh, well in two days this week. FIFA 22 is on June 23rd, and then uh, Naraka Blade Point, which has come up on this show today, that will be on Game Pass on the console side. To, uh, on Thursday, or excuse me, yes, Thursday as well, June twenty third. So, a lot of a lot of big stuff for you know. We we complain about how nothing big comes out in the summer, but some really fun stuff hitting Game Pass to keep you entertained. Heck yeah! Real quick before we go here, we got to get back to trivia because we ha- it feels like we haven't done trivia in forever. I really yes. think it's it's actually only been like a week, but. Um, <laughs> Destin, here's your chance, because I think, Destin, you're starting to log lag a little behind. Let's That's see fine. here. Let's see where Destin's at. Uh, oh, yeah, Destin. Mm. Two points. It's June, my man. Come on. Miranda, six points. Excellent. Stella, five points. I'm sorry she can't be here to try and tie the score this week. So, uh, Miranda, a chance to increase the lead. Destin, you got to stay in it here with this excellent question from... Joe Lane in Westerville, Ohio. His gamer tag is Emerson Blue, all one word. Which of these musical artists is uncredited in the contribution to the Halo 2 soundtrack? So in that Halo 2 soundtrack, one of these four very, very well-known artists is, is featured, but not credited in any way. Was it Steve Vai, John Mayer, Incubus, or Breaking Benjamin. I will go Destin's way first on this. I'm going to say B, John Mayer. John Mayer. Okay. It's a, that's an interesting choice here. <laughs> well, I know the other, some of the other musicians are in there, but I don't know if they were credited or not. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what Miranda thinks. That's my concern as well. And I don't know Steve Vai, so I'm going to go with Steve Vai. All right. Destin, you do catch up a little bit this week. Well done. It was John Mayer. Yes, John, big Halo fan. Yeah. Uh, And he plays, you can hear if, so I'm a a massive John Mayer fan. I think he's one of my favorite artists. Uh, Dude's amazing. And you can can hear it if you listen closely to the epilogue track at the back end of the album. There's just, he just kind of starts... Riffing a little bit, and you can you can hear him in there if you listen closely. You can hear his guitar work. So, Destin, good job. Let me add a, a point to your tally. All right, making this a little a little I, uh, tighter I of a contest. Like, 
There's no way Steve Vai signed up to do the Halo soundtrack. Well, Man, he did. Yeah. He did. He does the main. He does the main theme. Oh. So the the like right, the well. electric guitar version of the I Halo got, theme. I got really lucky then. Absolutely, Steve Vai. So, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, Incubus has a track on there, and of course, Breaking Benjamin. The that was like the hit single from. The, yeah, as what's Halo I know Breaking soundtrack. Benjamin is credited. Nah, nah, nah. They, Blow yeah. me away was the yeah, name of that. That they're song. good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, so, Joe, thank you very much for that trivia question. I personally enjoyed that one quite a bit. And if anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question you'd like to try and stump the panel with, please send it in. The email address to do that is unlocked at IGN.com. Include your question. Include your four multiple choice answers. Note the correct one. Don't forget your name. And if you'd like, your gamer tag as well. And we have come to the end of Unlocked 549. Technically, I guess this would be 550, but we we ended up, we weren't able to post the extended showcase as a, an on-demand episode. So hope you saw it when it aired live. Um, but yeah, 549 is in the books. Miranda, anything to promote? If you're jumping into Naraka Blade Point and need some pointers, we do have a guide for that for a bunch of beginner's guides. So I had to get started. It is a pretty unique battle royale in that there's a huge melee focus and very 1v1 elements to it. So uh, if you need a little bit of help, we got a guide for that. And then other than that, I will be releasing the rest of my Harvey Smith interview either this week or very early next week. Just depends on how this week goes. But there's a lot there and I hope you enjoy it. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Destin? Yeah, you Find me on Twitter at Destin Legary. Go read that uh, interview about Wolong. <laughs> I brought it up so I can read it right after the show and play some Ninja Turtles, everybody. If you're on, if you're on Game Pass, yeah. And uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I want to thank Destin Legary for uh, allowing me to get some Legary Bakery cookies while I was in LA last week yeah. without having to pay shipping costs. So you're those are welcome. all gone already, Destin. Really? They've, they've, they've right. already, yeah, they've already been eaten. Um, so they were delicious. And I guess, yeah, my quick PSA of the week would be, uh, wear sunscreen when you're outside so that when you're 41, you don't have to get skin cancer cut out of your head. That's, uh, that's my, I mean, in all seriousness, like thankfully it was, it's not melanoma. It's not Mm -hmm. like the very dangerous form of skin cancer, but yeah, I always wear a baseball cap when I'm out, but guess what? I wasn't sunscreening back here. So it's it matters, children. Out there. When you're young, take care of yourself so that you don't end up uh, with giant middle aged man scars like I'm going to have uh, for our super producer, Kate. I want to thank Destin and Miranda and wish Stella a speedy recovery. Hopefully we'll see her back on the show next week. And that'll do it for episode 549. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.